Hello everyone, this is Tribecast episode 15 and my name is Marina. Those have been two rough weeks for me, however, now Tribecast is back and we are ready to continue our weekly Friday releases on YouTube, iTunes and Spreaker. This week there are two interviews for you with two different players of Finnish startup ecosystem. First, Linda Huhtala from Mai will share her experience of establishing a startup in beauty sector and finding a perfect team. And then you'll hear a discussion on the importance of business communities and a definition of a startup from Timo Lahti from Crazy Town. My name is Marina, this is Tribe Kastrea, so let's get started. And our first guest of this week is Linda. Hello, Linda. Thank you very much for making it for this interview. Hi, thanks for the inviting me. I'm Linda Huhtala and I'm from Mai. According to your LinkedIn, Mai is a company that brings beauty to you. What does it mean? Yeah, Mai is an online platform which provides uh, beauty and well-being services to the customers. So that means that the customers can book an order and pay the services and uh, bring the services to you, like for home offices or events or like elderly mother's care homes and any kind of places. So uh, you have a database of, say, hairdressers or nail artists who will come and do stuff? Basically, at the moment, we are more in a beauty sector, mm-hmm. but we are also, we are having like a personal trainers, physiotherapists and massages, so mm-hmm. any kind of, but at the moment, because I'm I'm a hairdresser by myself, so that would be obviously easiest to go in that, in a beauty sector, first mm-hmm. of all. Okay. Do you remember how did the idea came up to your mind? Yeah, yeah, I do. Actually, it was already like eight years ago. I had my own company, the salon in uh, in Tampere, and I have been hairdresser already almost twenty years. So, and I have been always been like either renting the chair in another company or running my own business. So I have been noticed like what the customer needs and what kind of different kind of problems do I have in running my own business. So my is not only the customer's services, but we are also providing the business to business. Like in my salon, I can buy in a summertime mm-hmm. when we need like in a peak season we need extra hands mm-hmm. so i can buy professional hairdressers through my to come to my salon and help us actually tomorrow we are starting the first like the real business to business model and like a pilot mm-hmm. and the one hairdressing salon in Dambre they have bought the services from my and I'm going to there and doing like the whole day and then I have in other cities also the professionals has been noticed that okay the my can be also something else than mm-hmm. just 
the services to customers. So both B2B and B2C. I still have one more question about the customers. How do you ensure that the qualities you provide to customer at home or say in the office is the same quality that you provide in a saloon? I basically mean equipment and safety. It's actually really easy. It's like um, I have been doing this already like so many years and I have been already starting to even the idea came up eight years ago, mm-hmm. but I really start to do and start to, I bought different kind of things that I need mm-hmm. that I can work in offices or customers' home. So, of course, like the scissors, it's, it's the same than in saloon, but also we are doing the hair dyeing and we have specific tools for that that we can actually bring all the colors and also the moving washing tools Mm -hmm. to the customers. So we can do basically everything same as in Saloon. Will it be possible for a person who speaks no Finnish to use your services? Of course. At the moment, we have uh, we have been thinking about, and we have already when we were doing the platform, Mm -hmm. we were thinking that we have to have also those English versions Mm -hmm. and that they're also like customers from other countries can book also the hairdresser or other services to them. And of course, because we want to go to the other countries. So we are doing, doing that at the time. Do you think that it's easy to start a business of your own in Finland for both Finns and non Finns? I think so, yeah. I have been always an entrepreneur, so I always recommend and uh, talking that the entrepreneur and running your own business in Finland, it's it's a good, di- a good thing and it's really easy. Of course, we have the hard things, but I think it should be hard. If it would be easy, it's, I would always say it would be the like, uh, how do I say, like running the business, you know, it has to be hard. But I would say in Finland, and even nowadays when we have so many different kind of opportunities to do that, it just in a one click in an internet and you can be a entrepreneur. So I think it's really easy. What do you generally think of the Finnish startup ecosystem of now? Do you see any differences between like how it was a few years ago, maybe some eight years ago? Uh, at about the startup? By mm. the way, do you consider my as a startup? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, I do. Okay. Yeah, I think in in our sector, in, uh, in beauty sector, mm-hmm. I think even now the startup scheme, it's not that common thing, mm-hmm. you know, and it's quite a new thing. But I have been always really interesting about the new way to do our business and mm-hmm. the startup scheme and also this. I would say the startup at the moment, it's really easy and even more and more, it's easy to do the startup business, running the startup business. In your idea, what's the key to success for a startup? I would say the team. Yeah. I would say the team, it's the right team to you. It's not easy to find. Mm-hmm. I have been really lucky because I have already, before I start the my, I have already the good team with me. 
and I can always call to other people what do they think but also there is a lot of problems to find the key people to do different kind of like a marketing we have also a marketing leader in our team what kind of like marketing it's the the main thing and this is a really interesting topic since i would like to remind our listeners that tribe tampere is now hiring for the new half a year we're hiring the new team and it will include different kind of professionals who would like to contribute to the startup community so how do we find the right team what kind of qualities should we search in the people like in my we are actually everybody you have to have a quality to do mm-hmm. and education you can you could also be a student okay at the moment but the main thing i think because the customer is the person who are choosing if someone is like enough mm-hmm. for them mm-hmm. i mean some customer can say i'm not maybe the right person to cut her hair mm-hmm. but maybe to some other people i am okay a good cutter so i mean we want to have in mind we want to have to give the opportunity to everybody if they have mm-hmm. if they have their own company they are studying at the moment mm-hmm. like a hairdressing or a physiotherapist mm-hmm. or they are running the business already mm-hmm. so that's the main thing and in beauty sphere what's more important education or experience i would say both mm-hmm. of course but like in my in hairdressing sector it doesn't mean i have seen a lot of students mm-hmm. that they are so good already mm-hmm. when they are going to the school mm-hmm. so i would say of course both okay i think i don't really have any more questions so thank you very much linda for this interview okay. and i wish all our listeners a beautiful week okay thank you very much And we have one more guest this week who is the sales director of Crazy Town. Hello Timo, and thank you very much for having time for this interview. Hello and thank you for inviting me. First things first, Timo, please tell our listeners a few things about your background. Well, my name is Timo Lahti and I'm working as a sales director at Crazy Town Business Communities and I'm responsible for the sales of Pori, Hamelina, Jyväskylä and Tampere at moments. And my background is uh, in a totally different field of industry than this one. I have been working in the Finnish media industry since the beginning of the 90s. So we're partially colleagues. Yes, I have been told that I'm one of the first banner salesmen in Tampere region as we started to sell banners to Geldain and Percy in 1993 when when the internet came to Tampere. Back to Crazy Town. In my understanding Crazy Town is a co-working space for startups. Have I missed something? You're partly right. Yes, because um, Perhaps one third of our companies or members are startups. The rest are entrepreneurs and companies who have gone a little bit further. They perhaps have some sales abroad already and uh, are growing at the moment. So one third perhaps are startups. Yes. And since we mentioned that, how would you define a startup? Well, a startup um, is a pretty small company. They 
perhaps have some sales already, but they are very sales-oriented and they are seeking growth. And uh, normally they are perhaps less than five years old. So this could be some form of a definition, but it varies a lot from country to country and depending on who you ask. They can also be uh, startups that are like um, old companies, but they are starting in a new business field, for instance. Mm-hmm. A company who has been around for 10 years, but then suddenly they start, they make a turnover, for instance. They, they start in a totally new business where they have no experience, for instance. And we could call that a startup as well. That's a good definition, a broad one. Maybe I can take as an encyclopedic or iconic one. Right. And since we kind of touched that, what do you generally think of Finnish startup ecosystem of now? First of all, about its situation. And secondly, do you feel that there are differences between Finnish startup ecosystem, Finnish startup culture, so to say, and, well, rest of the world? There are differences, yes. Um, first, uh, the situation of, of startups at the moment. It's going forward and the startups are getting more and more international. One of the problems, as I've been following this field now for five or six years, the most common problem with high-tech companies especially is the lack of sales force. The products might be really good, perhaps the best in the world, but then companies cannot market and cannot sell the products as well as they should have been sold. That's one of the big issues that I have been discovering or or seeing in the last few years. And then the situation of the Finnish startups, it's getting better all the time because the teams are more international and you need international people in the team if you want to go abroad. If you have a team of only Finns, then it's really difficult for you to go to Latin America or or Canada or Central Europe or whatever. You need people from that area to succeed. And this is something that is growing all the time. The understanding that for a startup to grow internationally, you need more people than just Finns on board. This is nice to see because it's the way how these companies can grow. They need the cultural understanding and native languages of the country they are going to. Right. One of the ways to form a team, at least in my experience, is to meet among your co-students. And we have recently witnessed that because we had a group of visitors, so to say, from Hamenlinde University. And they visited both tribes premises and Crazy Town. And I know that they were pitching in Crazy Town. Could you comment mm. on that event? Yeah, that was really interesting for us as well. Yeah, the, the international students came to Crazy Town. They were... I would say around 45-50 people and they had nine different startup ideas or pitches that they presented. Mm-hmm. And uh, myself, uh, Kim Rohjainen, one guy from, from Hamk, and then they had a uh, visitor from Denmark. So nine pitches and um, the four of us, we rated the companies the same way, even if we didn't see uh, what other guys were writing all their papers or their cards. Mm-hmm. And the, the three first companies were the same for us all. And, and there was one really brilliant company ready to be funded, ready to be organized into a, into a real startup. They had a pretty brilliant, very simple solution. And I really hope that that team will start as a real startup. I, I'm quite sure that they would find funding 
rather easy in this city. Then I can only join you in your appreciation and wish the guys luck. Yes. Back to Crazy Town. Okay. Can we see Crazy Town as a business community rather than just co-working premises? It is most definitely that, yes, because it's our secret sauce, what we bring into the mixture. We put a lot of emphasis on business colliding mm -hmm. between our members and also between members in, in different cities. That's very important because, for instance, in Uvascula, where Crazy Town started in 2003, it's the oldest business community in Finland, by the way. Yeah, we were starting already in 2003. In Uvascula, 80% of our members are doing some business together or with each other. Mm -hmm. That's a huge amount. I don't know the numbers in Tampere yet because we haven't measured it so closely, but I would say that when I speak with our members and I listen to what happens around I would say that at least half of our members have found new business inside Crazy Town Tampere. As we have around 90 companies, more than 260 people are using our facilities. And uh, as far as I understand, we are the largest privately owned business community in Finland at the moment. Uvascula is going to pass as soon as they have larger premises and, and so on. But, but so far, we, we are still the largest in Finland privately owned that is then i have to thank you again for having time and your important work to do this interview thank uh, you it's always a pleasure to to be here at the tribe as you are our close friends thank you and hope yeah. that will stay this way i kind of want to continue on this how do you generally see the role of business communities in startup ecosystem is it basically networking is there something else behind it there is a lot more than just networking because uh, in a community as ours, we can collide different type of entrepreneurs and people. Young entrepreneurs working with their first startup, for instance, mm -hmm. and older guys and, and ladies who have been around for a while, perhaps made some exits already, and they have some knowledge that the young younger generation perhaps doesn't have. So when we mix experience. these... Experience. Experience is a good word. So the experienced one, ones meet young ones without experience and this can lead to fantastic things because there's some tutoring some mentoring some leads and uh, discussions about how to do things and and how not to do things so this is much more deeper and much more than than just networking in my opinion and we have nice discussions in our coffee tables every once in a while where People are openly talking about their business, how they have succeeded and where they have made big failures so others can watch out so they don't have to do the same mistakes by themselves. And when these people trust each other, they learn to know each other better and deeper, it leads to rather personal level of discussions as well people become friends with each other as well so this this is this is fantastic and this is very motivating for me as a director to work in this community because i can actually bring people together that can benefit both in business and otherwise from each other people find new friends and uh, really nice i think it's i have a feeling at least that it's a very finnish very strong part of finnish culture trying to make work not only for money but also for this community thing and for also for benefit for yourself. This is amazing. Yeah, there's um, especially these uh, experienced business persons. They are keen on sharing their information to those who doesn't have the same experience or knowledge. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the, when we come into things like mentoring or tutoring, basically. So people who have made perhaps 
several exits and now know how to reach for funding and now know the bureaucracy in Finland and so on. They teach the younger ones and, and so they don't make the same mistakes and, and they do things perhaps a little more efficiently than these old geezers have, have done before. But isn't it important for a startup to make their own mistakes and have their own failures to learn from them? Oh, there's a lot of failures to be done anyway, <laughs> even if even if they get advice from from experienced businessmen. It's so easy to fail, and uh, and as we know, several of these startups, even if they look very good on the outside, they're going to fail anyway. Mostly. Well, the reasons can be different, but perhaps the thing that I, I have seen is that the team fails. Perhaps not so much the lack of funding or too fast of a burn rate. It could more and more be a case where the people can't communicate with each other and there are wrong people in the team, so to speak. That's at least my experience. And you just unplanned answer my favorite question, which is what stops startups from becoming successful? Yeah, and one, one, uh, what, what makes startups uh, a success? Uh, one of the main thing is to uh, get some sales as soon as possible. Because uh, even if the product is not fully ready, uh-huh. you can already perhaps sell some promises. But it's better to start with the sales as soon as possible instead of waiting because that has a lot to do with your funding and your burn rate and your investors because the investors will be more ready to put money in your company if they see that you are at least making some revenues in your business. So this is something that people often forget. They, they make plans, they make beautiful websites, they plan and they make the product as good as possible or the application or whatever. But nobody really takes care of the sales. And this is one of the reasons why many startups actually fail. And also you can use your customers, first early stage customers, as your focus group. Yes. So you get some feedback on. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Using lean methods, asking your customers what is good, what is not, and then adjust the product or the application according to the feedback. That's also, of course, important. But I have seen especially high-tech companies from Tampere University of Technology, where I worked earlier, especially in that environment, they were like brilliant high-tech small startups. And all of these guys were so focused on their part of the technology that they almost forgot about sales. Or they had no, no nobody in the team who was interested in sales enough to take care of it. That was pretty sad to see. It's kind of funny to observe you talking about that because we had today in P47 this open breakfast, which is one of the uh, tribe's regular events where we invite pretty much everybody from the community to network and talk about business and maybe pitch themselves a bit and, of course, have some coffee. And we talked with a few visitors exactly about the same thing, that sometimes a startup, technical startups, uh, they have a great idea and they have an interesting product, but they have this sales problem. Yes, yes, that's, that's correct. And one of the things that I have been thinking about is to uh, how we could collide these high-tech companies with, uh, let's say, GCI here in Tampere or, or some other organization with skilled salespersons involved. There should be a way to get these people into the same room. The high-tech startups kick in uh, people who are interested in marketing and sales, mm-hmm. lock the doors and leave them there for an hour or two and then go in and see what has happened. If there's any new companies formed or, or any people who have been just started working in these uh, startups. Well, one of the ways they can mix and combine is uh, one of the 
newish projects uh, by Tribe Tampere and our mm-hmm. partners, which is called Mix and Match, where we invite people to actively mix and match and network and even develop a small projects on the spot or talk about their business ideas. We hope that new teams will be born out of this project or old teams will get new members. Yeah. Please okay. visit. Sounds good. And one idea that I have been working on or thinking about at least for, for a couple of three years here now is that we should actually be able to connect these growth-seeking startups with an organization called MMA here in Finland, Myynin ja Markkinoinnin ammattilaiset. It's a union, really, a union for salespeople and, and marketing people. They have uh, a lot of young, younger uh, members looking for new employment and, and looking for products that they could perhaps take abroad. And this organization should, I don't know how, but in some way they should be, they should, they should visit, for instance, tribe uh, and these different events where, where these uh, startups are, are present. That could be a very good combination because the MMA members are skilled and trained salespersons. Mm-hmm. And they also operate abroad, many of them, not only in Finland. Yeah, right, that sounds interesting. And I think I don't really have any questions for today. That was a really interesting talk, Timo. Thank you very much for coming. Thank and you. that sounds like a good continuation for the week. And I hope our listeners will enjoy our interview as well. This was Tribecast episode 15 and my name is Marina. Before I end up this episode, I'd like to tell you a short story. Do you remember the situation with Huoleti and Arctic 15 that we have discussed in one of the previous episodes? Well, the latest news is that Huoleti got a possibility to connect to hand-picked investors from Arctic 15 as a making up for the mistake. That sounds like a happy end for me. And for now, I wish you a great weekend. You'll hear my voice next week, and meanwhile, stay warm and tuned.